just going to make another adjustment. Is that better? Free hearing aids with PRSI at Specsavers. Music to your ears. Find out more online. Terms and conditions apply. Gary Cook, and I'm delighted to be talking to Jonathan Beavis of Specsavers. Jonathan, you're very welcome. I'm delighted to be here, Gary. Thank you very much. Uh, now, Jonathan, you are an audiologist. So, so what what do you do for Specsavers? So, the audiology side of our business is um, very, very multifaceted at this stage. Now, like naturally, we have the actual hearing test side of things, which would be our bread and butter. Like we would bring people in for proper hearing tests or even just quick hearing checks just to make sure everything's ticking over okay. Um, but on top of that, and obviously the hearing aid side of things, uh, we've facets for everybody at this stage. Like we have wax removal services for people who may have like a wax buildup. We've like quick checks of the ears just to make sure that everything's going okay, no infections going on. Um, and a part that I feel personally speaking we need to problematize a lot more is we have um, hearing protection as well. Like, which, you, you know, like at the end of the day, it's one thing to test people's hearing whenever it's already gone, but prevention is something that we would also have a hand in. So we've multifaceted side of things at this stage. So it's it's pretty complex and layered the the, the amount of uh, of kind of uh, rigor that you bring to this uh, for for people uh, with uh, with well just in terms of your your audiology um, absolutely I mean and I think it kind of it has to be as far as I'm concerned like we like our side of the business is very much focused on like I'll, I'll give you an example like my like average appointment with regard to looking at people's hearing would have significantly more to do with examining exactly what it is that's going on with someone's hear, uh, hearing on a personal level well before we start looking into the like technicalities. Obviously, the technicalities are incredibly important, but with regard to things like what kind of difficulties are they actually having? Like, is it a case that they have a general hearing loss or they have a general difficulty with like most aspects of life or is it something significantly more subtle is it something significantly more towards the idea of like do i just have a little bit of difficulty in background noise? do i just have a little bit of difficulty in group conversation is the tv one of the only areas of my life that i've actually noticed i have any kind of difficulty in and it's about extrapolating well okay how important is that for you how important is that for your hearing because it's one thing sitting down and telling someone like you know like pointing at a screen at a screen and saying you know, this is your hearing. That doesn't really mean anything to them, you know? Like, I can tell them, you know, like, you know, like 3,000 to 4,000 hertz is, you know, done at, say, 40 to 50 dBHL. What does that actually mean? Like, that, that's, that's um, yeah, you're right there. It's a multi-layered process to make sure that we actually get something that people are going to use, you know? And, like, what kind of age is the age at which hearing starts to typically become a problem? Well, I mean, if we look at things on like a purely statistical standpoint, 
like you'd see about 40% of over 50s would end up with some kind of hearing difficulty. But you'd be looking at like a significant proportion of people younger than that would end up with some kind of difficulty. It can come down to things as simple as obviously like we'd be looking into things like hereditary difficulties, mm-hmm. like that'll manifest very, very much younger than what a lot of like just general wear and tear would. Like that can hit people in their thirties, you know? Like it's it's the kind of thing it all comes down to each individual person's specific experience. Like you take your average mechanic, for example, like they could be having difficulty just like well into their forties, you know, like it could be well before they ever reach 50, before they actually start having difficulty. But at the same time, you could have someone who's worked a desk job their entire life and they do not have trouble until they're 75. Yeah. So, or above and beyond that, you know, accidents. I mean, right now, like uh, the big C-19, like the, COVID-19 virus, we've had a bunch of people coming in saying that they've been having difficulties since that started. Yeah. Um, and that could either be the actual virus itself, but above and beyond that, I feel like being in lockdown, being quarantine has forced a lot of people into situations which they wouldn't have been in otherwise, that are starting to show how much of a difficulty they may have, or how much of an impact on, say, the family having difficulty with their hearing would have. What is the, you know, the generally the, the earliest kind of presentation of, of problems? Like, what's going on with most people when, what are they experiencing? Well, for the majority of people, it won't be, there can be a very strong view amongst a lot of people, um, particularly people who would actually be suffering with a little bit of difficulty that it's a very black and white kind of scenario. It's either it's they're hearing something they either have or they don't. And that's absolutely not the case whatsoever. Like I um, like I myself would find I'd have a lot less difficulty than some of my higher pitched voiced colleagues because a lot of the time with just general wear and tear, it'll actually be higher pitches that will start to go first, just through the sheer biology of the ear. So I'd have a lot less difficulty with some people. Um, but what that'll result in is the first ways in which hearing loss can actually like manifest a lot of the time is very, very subtle situational things. It's not quite catching what your friend at the pub said because of the background noise. It's um, having to that bar on the TV, the volume bar just slowly ticking up and up and up. Like difficulty with like family gatherings, that kind of thing. It's all... And conveniently enough for people who may be a little bit adverse to the idea that they might have a bit of difficulty, it's all very easily explainable as well. That's the problem. Um, But yeah, it's little things like that. It starts to manifest very much in a situational way rather than just waking up one morning and suddenly you can't hear. Okay. Okay, so this is something that generally gradually appears over time. And sometimes, presumably, the people can't quite interpret it themselves. And and do people, you know, at what point do people generally start to do something about it? Um, generally speaking, we see people do, uh, do something about it later in life. Naturally, like I would have clients who would be like significantly younger than the like vast majority of the people that I'd see on a daily basis. But you'd start to see people really like doing something about it. I'd say in their like mid to late sixties is generally what we would start to see. Like, 
it's when like they're starting to wind down a little bit unless conversely to this we would have a lot of slightly younger people who would be maybe in their like mid to late 50s who would start to do something about this around then because they'd still have a very active career they'd still have a very active like time spent in offices and that kind of thing um where they would actually need something that would like if they were getting hearing aid they'd need something that would be better for them in that kind of environment you know we'd be looking at people who would be getting like something that's specifically tailored towards like meetings or something that would be like much more focused on like general conversation rather than just one on one um so it depends very much like like bringing it back to what i was saying at the start it really does depend on the situation like for each person like i i could um you know, i could provide the type of service that i've got for say someone who would be in their mid 50s and would be looking for something to help them around the office what i do for them would be absolutely nothing with regard to the aftercare and the fitting would be nothing like what i would do for someone who would be like very much living a bit more of a wild done life okay so so it, it kind of depends on what the needs are and what sort of treatment options are there for people depending on the severity of their condition um well i mean with regard to hearing aids these days um i think there can be like a big part of the stigma i think that comes from these is a lot of the time if they get anything um they get something they get it into their head that they're going to be getting like something big and bulky and difficult and they heard about their auntie mary's friend julia whose mother had um significant difficulty with her hearing aid so they don't want to touch it or anything like that um which to be honest with you is entirely valid there was like there is a lot going on with regard to hearing that like people have a lot of difficulties with with regard to just keeping the hearing aids good and everything and that that's entirely an aftercare issue not the an issue with the hearing aids themselves but um with the options that people have got there are a multitude of different hearing devices uh, that are suited differently for different situations and different kinds of people um naturally that's where the actual raw data comes into it. that's where the actual like raw testing comes into it because the fact of the matter is like i you know there's there may be a hearing aid that may be absolutely spot on perfect looking for someone but completely obsolete with regard to their hearing so unfortunately we do need to keep that in mind when we're talking to people about these things but naturally like we will do like we will do everything in our power to make sure that the device that someone walks out with is something that they actually want to wear and is specifically for their situation but we've got multitudes of different things so the issue of hearing loss it is a a very treatable thing absolutely yeah. absolutely and significantly easier than i think a lot of people think it is is there a stigma kind of attached to it at all so the stigma side of things can be very <laughs> it's quite difficult to get around like it's definitely a big part of what we do in clinic is helping people to get around the discomfort that they might feel about the idea of actually like wearing a set of hearing aids and you do hear some horror stories about like the treatment that some people have gotten or like particularly younger people there becomes this great stigma of like worrying about what work will think or things like that and like in essence it is something that we do have to fight with but i'd encourage anybody who's like worried about that kind of thing like 
we don't like if you have difficulty with that kind of thing coming in for an appointment to like one of our audiologists and actually sitting down and just leveling with us about it like that's what we're here to do mm. like we aren't strictly speaking just here to like test people we are here to counsel people in that regard you know like we'd be well able for that but there is there is a stigma there but it's slowly but surely getting better and better and better and it's only going to go more so as more and more younger people end up with hearing devices and as they get better and better sponsored by expressway with my expressway free travel pass holders can reserve their seats online at expressway.ie or at our ticket machines in stations think you're not smart enough to own a smartphone well think again and think doro Doro phones are designed specially with the older person in mind. They're easy to use with louder sound and larger text. Plus numerous state-of-the-art features that don't compromise on performance or quality. To learn more about the full range of high-tech Doro phones, visit doro.ie. Doro phones. Make friends with innovation. If you're enjoying this podcast, why not subscribe to Senior Times? Visit the website at seniortimes.ie and like us on Facebook. Yeah, the, the hearing devices will end up becoming fashion accessories, Absolutely. of course. Oh, we're all well on our way. You have no idea, like, as to break seriousness for a moment, you have no idea how big of a part of my job it is to make sure that the thing matches people's hairlines. Okay. Like, honestly, there's a fashion side of it. And I, I, I greatly enjoy that side of my job, I have to admit, because it is, it's nice to be able to, like, almost joke with your patients or, like, talk with them about, like, like, I, like, it's, like, what colour do you want it to be? Like, yeah. what do you want, how do you want it to look, uh, look like, do we want to match it to any particular thing? Like, obviously, you get a lot of people who just want it in beige so it'll match their skin tone, but I, I would have a lot of people where I would, I would be sitting down going, like, Okay, well, I mean, you're blonde. We have a we have this one called champ that's in a color called champagne, which will work perfectly for you, uh, for you. And it does become a little bit of a matching game, you know. But I think that's all part of breaking the stigma of it. Well, they they, they probably are inciting you to change, but as well with with those incredible earpieces that you get with i i whatever ipods i sound so naughty there in my, <laughs> or whatever uh, so people people can pass them off as well if they want to Absolutely. as uh, this is this is i remember by the way i wanted to ask you at the beginning of a film a james bond film called live and let die do you know this I've there's seen it, but there, it's there, there's uh, a meeting at the UN and there's a guy, I think it's a British ambassador, and they, they put some frequency into his earpiece mm. and it kills him, right? <laughs> now, I know this is James Bond, but can that actually, <laughs> is it possible to, to do if he was, wanted to? Not that you would want to, but if, oh, well, I mean. A frequency so high that it could actually kill somebody. Like it's, I don't know about kill, but you could do some serious damage. Absolutely. Like, I mean, like, uh, like our, our testing equipment, for example, it'll only go up so high. Like, we, we test between 250 hertz, which is very, very low, um, to 8,000 hertz, which would be very, very high. Now, technically speaking, that's, like, well within the range of human hearing. But 
just because we can't even hear something doesn't necessarily mean that our bodies aren't picking it up. We just don't have the receptors to actually hear it. Oh, okay. Hearing, hearing works in a way that we can only hear between like a certain amount of hertz, effectively. And but that doesn't necessarily mean that just because we can't hear it doesn't mean that that frequency isn't having an effect. Okay. I mean, it, 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 I, I unfortunately, like, due to, due to my qualification, I, I'm, I think maybe honor bound to avoid that kind of frequency like the plague. But, um, but yeah, um, I, I, I well believe that you could do some serious damage result. Okay. I mean, this isn't part of the official interview, I have to say uh, to anybody. <laughs> it just dawned on me, I remember, that because in the real world of, of this stuff, I mean, there's a lot of guys in bands, you know, a lot of rock stars have a lot of problems. Oh, absolutely. And like, there's, there's ways of mitigating that. Like, I actually, like, I've met several... Um, like several musicians who would like say that yeah it's the problem that they run into then is that they get they get the hearing protection and it doesn't it works but then it works in a way that they don't like yeah in the sense because they'll end up getting like just like a plug for the ear or something like that mm. and it'll completely plug it up and like yeah sure you know they can't hear their um, you know, they can't hear their guitarist screeching away anymore but they kind of needed to hear them. Yeah. You know, like, so... And so that's a difficult balance then, presumably. Absolutely. I know Pete Townsend has said he's got tinnitus and he's not the only one. Yeah, that can that can really, really have a bad effect on people. Like, tinnitus is one of those really difficult ones where, technically speaking, like, there's no major things that can be done about it. I have to say, like, there, the research that is being done into tinnitus and the ways to mitigate it is something that, by all rights, like, needs to be looked into further because it is, it is a, it is a devastating thing if it gets particularly bad. Like, unfortunately, like hearing aids are one of those things. It's not necessarily going to, like, have much of an impact on the tinnitus side of things, but it's, it's one of those things that, it's frustrating from an audio or audiological side of things because you do get a lot of people coming in with it and in particular you'd like it's always like builders or people who would have worked in the army or people like musicians or like individuals who would have been in say like car accidents or would have had like exposure to a lot of loud noise or would have had some kind of damage done to either the head or the neck or anything like that. Not necessarily saying that it's always going to cause that, but tinnitus is something that can crop up with that. And it does get rather frustrating because you do want to be able to do something for these people, but unfortunately we can only really do so much with regard to tinnitus with the hearing aids. Now, it's the one thing is that naturally like getting a pair of hearing aids is going to help with regard to like keeping your hearing ticking over, you know? It's not necessarily going to completely mitigate any deterioration, but the strain that you can put on your ears if you do have difficulty and you don't have something that can actually help you can be significantly more detrimental than any kind of noise. So effectively, like you, you are stressing yourself quite a bit there, both like physically and indeed mentally. Uh, they, they refer to it in tinnitus, I think it kind of waxes and wanes, isn't that right? That's the kind of the term I've, I, I've heard uh, about that. One thing I've noticed myself about ringing in the ears um, is that when, when, you're, when you're really quite stressed, 
that's when it what's going on there oh it's it's so many different things with regard to that it's and it can be different depending on the tinnitus like it's a lot of the time strain can exacerbate it just by virtue of the fact that really it can be any number of different things going on there both it could be a biological function say like increased blood flow to the ears that kind of thing no again everything that i'm saying here isn't necessarily like guaranteed to do these things it's just a potential um aspect of it it could be as simple as um and this is going to sound almost like a little bit of a compliment answer it could almost honestly be as simple as just you're you've if you're particularly stressed you've kind of gone into a freeze mentality like you have gone a little bit more inwards mentally speaking and because you're not concentrating as much on the as your surroundings yeah the tinnitus becomes significantly more it gets brought significantly to the fore there so what what exactly is going on with tinnitus i mean the the basics of what it does or it's to do with the hairs in the ears is that correct they get oh stretched or overloaded or some of it can be due uh, due to damage done to the like the hair cells in the ears uh some of it can be due to like various different pieces of damage again it's uh, you as you probably noticed as we've been talking about tinnitus unfortunately it's one of those things where <laughs> it's incredibly difficult yeah. to be specific about because we just don't know yeah like sure. it, it could be as like anything from damage done to the ears to damage done to like the cochlea in the inner ear to like damage done to the like the auditory nerve to the auditory like sensory audio uh, parts of the brain like anything from like brain lesions to damage done to the like tympanic membrane the eardrum can like trigger this kind of thing vertigo many ears disease anything like that they all come with the side like the potential side effect of tinnitus and to be honest it could be any number of them happening at any one time or as you say this kind of psychosomatic possibilities as well absolutely there could very very much be a psychosomatic side to it like and indeed we would find like a lot of people a lot of people bring up the idea of stress being a major part of it Mm. and it can be um it could be any number of noises as well i know the traditional is um like like a high-pitched whine but like you've got people and they come in and it's tv static or you've got people and it's like a like horn blaring or it's an alarm going off or any anything like that and actually there are versions of this that are a little bit more dangerous like there are like in our um, in our case history like in the questions that we would ask patients to make sure that we can actually go ahead with the appointment because we are very stringent about that kind of thing um tinnitus is definitely one that we talk about and we always ask about things like if they have difficulty like if it's unilateral if it's only on one side of the head yeah um, or if it's pulsatile which is as in it's got like a thumping in the yeah. back of it. you know like we would we would be on the lookout for that kind of thing and naturally if it's something that the doctor's already looked into that's fine but if they've never had it looked into then it's uh, like absolutely the kind of thing we would be advising people to go to their gps yeah because you cannot be too careful with this kind of thing naturally on the hearing side of things like generally speaking like hearing loss and tinnitus don't necessarily go hand in hand 
just because you've got tinnitus necessarily yeah. you're going to have hearing loss. But we definitely like it's definitely while it wouldn't be causal, I could see it being correlatory. You know, you, you generally speaking see like it's not that hearing loss causes tinnitus or vice versa, but they do tend to co- crop up in the same areas. You know. Mm-hmm. One thing I wanted to ask you as well, and I, I kind of read it somewhere, but I can't, couldn't interpret the answer. Um, I, it was on the internet, okay. course, so it has to be right. Wonderful place. Uh, well, it was about this idea of, you know, when people say, especially to their own kids, it goes in one ear and out the other, right? <laughs> and there was some suggestion that some of this could be connected actually to the inability to process sound from the... So it's more of a, a neurological issue, I suppose, what what would your thoughts be on that? Um, absolutely, auditory processing disorders are more common than I think people think they are, and that can like that can manifest in very interesting ways. Obviously, like with regard to smack savers, we wouldn't have the facilities specifically to test for like auditory processing disorders, but like APDs are. We can kind of like generally speaking, like if someone comes in and they have that kind of difficulty. Like, we wouldn't necessarily tell them, like, okay, this is something you need to look into. But, like, if you find people that would come in and, they, like, you test their hearing and there is no loss whatsoever, but they are adamant they are having problems in crowded environments. And it's that's that's where we end up in a very interesting situation there. Because, technically speaking, as, as I said at the start of this, difficulty in crowded environments and with background noise and things like that, it's, it's absolutely, like, the classic symptom of hearing loss. Like, the classic symptom of, like the beginnings of hearing loss and you end up in a situation where yeah like if it's something like APD or um, uh, there's uh, like there's evidence out there this is something that I ended up doing a talk about at work at one stage um, there is like age related auditory, process, uh, auditory processing disorders as well like and it can be comorbid with any number of different things due to the way that it would like those particular neurological disorders would interact with the brain Mm. it can simply just be like something that comes alongside things and it can get masked by hearing loss at some stage at some some stages like if someone has difficulty with their hearing and we treat the hearing loss and they still have difficulty Mm. then it's something that can be a very real consideration again we're unfortunately not in a position where i can where like i would be able to sit someone down and like test them for something like that but it is absolutely something i encourage people to talk to the doctors about so just for, for the general preservation of your hearing like kind of uh, sort of what can you do can you do exercises for your ears yoga for your ears what, what can you do to make your ears last longer I, I could sit here and do the like average like medical professional thing and talk to you about how you need to stop smoking and how you need to stop drinking and oh, yeah. so on and so on and so on and so on and so on. But we've all heard that so many times at this stage. Um, my big thing when it comes to like patients and preservation of hearing, it can really come down to as simple as just an awareness of the kind of noise that you are exposing yourself to. And I know that sounds incredibly simple, but like I would challenge anybody listening to this Think about the kind of noises that you're exposed to on a day-to-day basis. Like, I personally, so I, I'm based in the GPO Arcade on Henry Street and in the sanitary store in the Omni Shopping Centre. So those would be my two locations. And they fight over which one of them gets me. But um, the major thing with regard to, um, like, having an awareness of these things, like, if I'm, like, walking down O'Connell Street, for example, right, 
I'm not really thinking about the amount of noise that I'm being exposed to. Because you've got buses, you've got cars, motorbikes. But could that be much more overloading than people might realize? Absolutely. Like we're talking like 80 to 85 decibel sound, which isn't much, but if you're exposed to it on a constant basis, it's definitely something to take into account. You know? Like, I'm not necessarily saying that everybody needs to start avoiding McCollum Street, but. No, don't cut it out. That's so much fun. But. The fact of the matter is, like, it's a great example of, like, very, very noisy environments that you don't necessarily realize that you're being exposed mm. to on a daily basis, you know? So having an awareness of those kinds of environments, is, uh, like the environments that you're exposing yourself to, and acting accordingly, like, if it is something that you are constantly being exposed to, say, like, I'll, I'll, give, you, I'll give you a classic example. It's like you've got, like, mechanics working in a garage, right? And obviously, they're being exposed to very, very loud noises near constantly. But what makes it end up making it worse then is that, you know, like say it gets a little bit cold, they close the shutters down on the, um, the garage and they continue working. And suddenly that environment's got a lot louder. Yeah, yeah. Because you've got sound bouncing off of everything and everything has suddenly gotten, gotten significantly louder. So it's like if you are in an environment, if you are in a position where you can wear some kind of hearing protection, again, you, like you don't necessarily need to wear it walking down the street, but if you're in an environment where you are like constantly exposed to a lot of noise, like even getting something over the counter with regard to hearing protection is better than nothing. And moreover, like with regard to the awareness side of things, like getting a hearing test, even if you've no intention of going anywhere near hearing aids, like even if you've no intention of thinking about it for the next two years, getting a hearing test so that we have a record is half the battle. Because I mean, if you think about it this way, right? Someone comes into me and they say that you know, someone comes into me and they say that they've been having a lot of difficulty and they get a test done and it's, you know, like you know, a mild to moderate level of hearing loss. If that person then comes into me in two years' time and it's the same, that's fine. But then if they come in the following two years and there has been a stark drop in their hearing, I know something's wrong. I know something has gone wrong and that's something that they... Because you've got a baseline, basically, yeah. yeah. But if that person hadn't come in those first two times, as far as I'm concerned, their ears always look like that. Mm, yeah, you know? sure. So it can be just about like monitoring awareness, maintenance of the ears with regard to that. Um, like wax removal is a big part of it as well. Like making sure that you don't end up in a situation where you're constantly blocked up. Yeah. And again, that's another thing that we do in Specsavers. We do something called microsuction, which is effectively a little vacuum device that we... Uh, say my uh, director Kelly is one of the people who does uh, wax removal on the GPO and she would take or Jillian for example would take this very narrow like metal tube connected to a vacuum pump and they have this and I apologize to them for whenever they hear this but quite frankly ridiculous looking headset that has this giant torch and magnifiers on the end of it but it's fantastic because it means that they can like literally see like deep, deep into your ear from like just the outside. And they can then use this and like very accurately pick away at any little bits of wax that are in there mm -hmm. and completely clear the ear. 
and like it's it can be considered a little bit safer in some regards than the irrigation of the syringing uh, because obviously there's significantly less risk of an errant jet of water doing any damage to the ear um, but naturally like it's um, as with all medical procedures that like we do have like a you know, we have documentation that people will either read before they do it and everything. But, like, it's... Do, does your own immune system naturally get rid of earwax? So, the ears work in... Uh, I'm going to get very um, very technical here for <laughs> okay. a with me. But the ears work in a very interesting way, uh, way with regard to that. In that they... The, the way that your ear clears is that the skin of your ear is constantly like a conveyor belt moving towards the entrance to your ear canal constantly. New skin is being produced in the almost direct center of your eardrum, is, uh, eardrum and that is being pushed towards the entrance to the ear, right? Uh, which means like there have been, like there's a very interesting little experiment that can be done whereby they very gently put a little dot of say ink on the center of someone's eardrum and then they watch over the course of several months as that dot moves slowly up the canal. So that is the way that wax tends to be dealt with, in that it basically it's produced in uh, response to some kind of uh, stimuli. Say it can be as specific as a change in temperature, honestly. But it's generally speaking, it's like it's an antiseptic, it's an antibacterial uh, solution that the ears use to protect itself. But the problem is, a lot of people produce way too much, or they end up in a situation where if they have incredibly dry ears, for example, which and I cannot tell you how many patients of mine have this particular difficulty. Um, if a patient has particularly dry ears, the wax will just solidify and it just sticks to the ear canal. And as soon as one piece of that has solidified, that means that anything that gets produced further back is going to get clogged up behind mm. that and so on and so on and so on until you end up with a massive wax blockage which, technically speaking, could end up dealing with itself on its own, but that could take months. Yeah, okay. Um, and the problem with the cotton buds, um, to get on my soapbox yeah. here for a couple of seconds, um, the problem with the cotton buds... <laughs> I had no idea that this was like <laughs> the antichrist of your, of your movement. No, you have no idea. Okay, okay. Uh, no, the problem with cotton buds is that, effectively, what for all of the wax that you actually get out of your ear with that, you're, pus you're pushing a significant amount back into the ear, um, which then ends up sticking to wax at the back. Moves up, gets pushed back, moves up, gets pushed back. You end up in a situation where you've got what we call impacted wax. Uh, effectively, you have a brick in your ear, oh, and that's not going anywhere. That's okay. gonna need um, that's gonna need drops before we can do anything with it. Like I wouldn't even get syringing done on that. Because it's, it's effectively like the water's just going to hit it and bumps off. Okay. So it's like, again, I'm, I'm painting this horror story of cotton, but like realistically speaking, it's not like you're going to end up immediately blocking your ear with them, mm. but we'd highly encourage not okay. to use them. Okay. Um, and I would, I would be reprimanded quite heavily. And Johnson's <laughs> Q-tips are going to get, get on quickly uh, to assist their lawyers. Um, so just um, in relation to a, a lot of these uh, procedures, uh, from just a regular audio check to to other uh, treatments like 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 you've just been outlining. I mean, how expensive is this? Um, well, I mean, the testing itself. With, uh, obviously, I can only speak for tax savers. Um, the testing's free. 
Oh, is it? Okay. Oh, yeah, we don't charge for the testing, like any of the testing. Like we charge for the wax removal, but that's mostly just a service charge. It's sixty-five euro for wax removal, and we and we'll we'll only charge you once we actually done the job. Now, are these spec savers audio shops? Uh, no, any any spec savers, like anywhere that caters to the hearing. Okay. Uh, side of things like we like we we are based in the same um, hmm. like locations as um, the optics side of things, like the GPO. Um, done on Henry Street in the GPO Arcade. Like we um we're like we're a jewel store and most of them would be. So no we, we, we cater to both. Okay. And you think it's reasonable value and I'll put it to you this way, right? So with your PRSI, so say you've got like if we check your PRSI and it says that you're approved, what that means is that you basically now have a thousand euro euro to play with oh. right to getting spec savers to your heads. Okay. So you have a thousand euro to play with, and there are hearing aids. No, they are a fantastic set. Like with multiple, multiple different hearing aids at this particular price point. We have hearing aids that are available to thousand euro, meaning that your PRSI covers the whole cost. Like you can get a set basically free of charge, and they're a fantastic little set. Like I still remember when we got the go ahead for that particular, um, that particular thing that we could do with regard to like actually just having a set of hearing aids that were completely covered under the BRSI. And they were hearing aids that I was dispensing, or rather I was being involved in the dispensing of this for um it's a it's a team effort with regard to that. But there were hearing aids that I was like I was seeing dispensed like regularly already for like actual money. Like you like usually these would cost you about like before we got the particular this particular PRSI discount these would have cost you even with the PRSI about 750 euros. Wow. Okay. So they were 1300 at the time. They've been dropped by 300 euros and now your PRSI just covers the whole thing. So now naturally we have like hearing aids that have a charge attached to them that are like leaps and bounds above and beyond that particular, like those particular models. But that is not to say that the PRSI hearing aids are not fantastic. Like genu- genuinely. Genuinely. Like how much could you spend? Um, I don't mean a gold-plated. <laughs> so, like the Spectator's advanced range are fantastic with regard to the um, the benefit that you can get out of them. So they're the uh, the Spectator specific hearing aids made by various different manufacturers, um, and the top of the range for that would be two thousand six hundred and ninety-five euro, and that's for the pair. You don't pay individually. Um, and how long do they last? You get a good solid four to five years. Out okay, and our warranty will cover you the entire time. Okay. You will not pay for a single battery or repair unless you destroy the things um, the entire time. Yeah. So, like we, like I, I know, obviously, it can be very easy to slip into the um, mentality of like these all being like major sales offers and everything like that. Like as far as I'm concerned, like we're there to make, uh, we're there to help people. You know, like I, I don't want to have to, like I don't want any of my patients paying any more than they absolutely have to. So, like the fact of the matter is, like. It's the kind of thing that it, it can be life changing. Like I, like, oh yeah, and in particular with the, like the PRSI offer has been absolutely phenomenal for getting some people sorted because you, people who have become in it they wouldn't have the money for this kind of thing, and we understand that. That was the PRSI thing, like, and obviously on top of all of that, there's disposal claim as well, which means that like say. Actually, we understand that we like a lot of the people we'd be talking to. Like, there would be a, from a generation where, like, you know, they may not have actually worked 
for the vast majority of their um, life, mm. say with women who would have spent the majority of the time like raising children yeah. or gentlemen who would have had some kind of like injury or indeed would have been the one raising the children as well who simply just wouldn't have worked and they wouldn't have the stamps cool we'll get you sorted on your spouse's BRSI that's fine you get the hearing aids anyway so yeah it's um, it's something I get quite passionate about but, uh, yeah. so it's well it's well covered and it's it's well affordable and so if there's any problems people have got the ability to do something about it I'm only ever on the other end of the phone <laughs> <laughs> okay Jonathan's been fascinating talking to you. Uh, this is Jonathan Beavis uh, and uh, from Specsavers. And uh, thank you. Oh, thank you very much. Pleasure talking to you. If something's free, why would you turn it down? I mean, a free haircut from a five year old. <laughs> oh, no. Or a free sample of onion paste. Oh. <clears throat> well then, how about a free tour of your neighbour's new shed? Oh, that sounds well. Mm. Okay, look, they were bad examples. But how about a free eye test and free glasses from the 69 euro range of Specsavers with your PRSI? Well, that sounds like something to smile about. Book an appointment or find out more at specsavers.ie.